There is a word from the Lord on this morning. And that word will be coming from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. And we will begin at verse number five. 2 Corinthians is right after 1 Corinthians. <laughs> and right before Galatians. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number five. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. And the text reads like this. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Say that with me. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Pray with me and pray for me. Sovereign God, we come to you right now. First of all, say thank you. We thank you, God, just for waking us up another morning. We thank you, God, for allowing us to come together in this Christian community uh, to be able to worship and praise your holy name. Now, God, it's preaching time. And I understand the significance of this moment. So, God, I'm pleading and I'm asking that you deal with the mess in my earthen vessel so it does not stand in the way of the miraculous possibilities that you would have through your word. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. You may be seated in the house. Go ahead and say this verse with me again, verse 7 For we walk by faith not by sight. And the sermon title I want to leave with you all today is simply this, walk by faith. Is that all right? Walk by faith. Spirit of Unity Baptist Church, visitors, friends, why are we here? Why are we coming to church? Way too often we run into people who join church for many different reasons. The reason why some people join the church are for sentimental reasons. For example, my mama and my daddy grew up in this church. My grandpappy and my grandmother grew up in this church. So I decided to join because my family attends here. The reason why some people join the church is because it's still socially acceptable to be a part of a church organization. And then join one or two of the ministries, whether it's the choir, usher, dance, or band ministry within that particular faith community. Spirit of Unity, some people join the church because they actually believe that by joining a church, 
it will secure or guarantee that they will get blessed by God. The mistake we make after salvation is that we grow up in, in Christ in osmosis. The mistake we make after salvation is that we grow up in Christ in osmosis. Osmosis is the movement of water or solvent through a plasma membrane from a region of low solute, solute concentration to a region of high solute concentration. Simply put, osmosis is passive transport, meaning it does not require energy to be applied. In other words, spirit of unity, some of us will join or give our life to Christ and then join a body of faith and, and put no effort into growing in Christ. Right. We, we, we want to partner with God. We want to join the church, but we do not want our families to join the church. We don't want our finances to join the church. We don't want our children to join the church. We want to join the church, but we don't want our marriages or relationships to partner with God. We don't want our jobs to partner with God and education to be committed to growing in the word of God. So there are times when we join a church with passive intent. However, in times like these, the text indicates that we must walk by faith. In the text today, Deacon Freddie, we find that the Apostle Paul is speaking to a broken church. Mm -hmm. In this text, we find that Paul is responding to a broken church that met and worshiped in small houses in that region. The church began to war with each other because some of her members were walking by sight instead of walking by faith. Paul addresses this problem by first instructing the Corinthian church to build our life on the word. To build our life on the word means we must reorder our whole lives on the word. Not order your life on your job, not order your life in your relationships, not order your life at the grocery store, but order your life in the word. I know that you joined the church because your boo goes to church. I, I know you came to church because it might be the popular thing to do amongst your family. But I stopped by to let you know today that if church is going to be worthwhile to you as an individual, then you must build your life on the word. I can't make you do it. I can't make you want to do it. But if God has been wonderful to you, then God is good enough for you to crack open your Bible. God is good enough to get away from work and go to Bible study. God is good enough to enter through the church doors and go to church school or Sunday school. If God has been wonderful to you, then you would be inspired by the Spirit of God to learn more about the Lord. Paul 
Corinthian church are fighting amongst each other. Deacon Morgan, we know what that's about. I don't think that happens here in spirit of unity. No, I'm just kidding. We, we will have our spats here and there. But the problem with this church is that they felt like they had to see it all. If I'm going to come to this church, I want to see if the choir can sing. Now, they sung today. They, they, they sang that song today. Amen. But some folk want to see if the choir is good enough for them. Some people want to see if the pastor is good enough for them. Some people want to see if folks' gifts are good enough for them. And Paul addresses that. It's not certain ministries in this church that prepares us for our walk with God, but it is God through God's word that prepares us to be better Christians. To build a life on the word means we must reorder our whole lives on the word of God. We can't reorder part of our lives on the word. We can't just give God a fraction of our lives. I'm telling you right now, baby, God wants the whole thing. God wants all of you. God wants the whole complete package. This world might take pieces of you and, and rip and tear you apart, but God says if you want your life to have meaning, if you want your life to have power, if you want your life to have purpose, then build it on the Word. Build it on the word. Because when we build our lives on the word, then it sends a signal not only in the spiritual realm, but in the carnal realm that we want to commit our lives to the word of God. Now, some of us, we have committed our lives to a lot of things outside of the word. Oh, come on now, y'all. Y'all acting funny in here today. Maybe I'm the only one that has committed my life at one point to other things than God and God's word. There's times where we commit our jobs. We put more commitment into our jobs than we commit our lives to the word. There are times where we will commit trying to be popular in the eyes of other people versus being committed to the word of God. And what I find here is that when we are committed to the word of God, I believe that 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 whatever war we have in the church, whatever brokenness we have in the church, it is only through the word that the church can be put back together again. The fractures, the fractures can be put back together again. The fighting can stop and the peace of God's word will rule every pew and every heart that sits on the pews. I wish I had a witness in here today for every fight that you got into with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Aren't you glad that you didn't end it by yourself? You didn't end it according to your flesh, but there is a word that's greater than every word, and it's a word that's a heavenly word. It's a word that came down from heaven to die as a man and be raised 
up as a savior. It is Jesus Christ whose word can fix the church. It's Jesus Christ whose word that can help our lives. I wish I had somebody in here for every person that was broken, for every person that joined other clubs and organizations for the wrong reasons or just to feel like you want to be a part of something. It's nothing like being connected with God and God's church. Though we are not perfect as a church, it's only by the grace of God that we are here. It's only by the grace of God that we stand. It's only by the grace of God that we exist and we breathe and we live. I want to know if I have a witness in here today that want to commit themselves to the word. I used to commit myself to depression. I used to commit myself to drama, but not anymore. If I'm going to have a life that is worth something, then I want to make sure I'm standing on the word, on Christ, the solid rock. I stand all of the ground is sinking sand. So, so young people and those that are young at heart, don't be afraid to commit yourself to the word. Amen. Amen. You're going to have some friends or so-called friends in your life that will convince you to commit your life to something other than the word of God. But if you ever want peace, strength, and direction, continue to commit yourself to the word. There's nothing wrong with conducting your life in a way that pleases God versus pleasing your boyfriend or your girlfriend. There's nothing wrong with, with committing your life to the word of God and pleasing God versus trying to please your own family sometimes. I'm just trying to encourage you today to order your steps in the word. There's a song that says, order my steps in your word, dear Lord. Lead me and guide me every day. I just want somebody to know that when you have been through some lonely moments, uh, it is the word that will give you peace. Uh, when you've been through some hard times, it is the word that will give you strength. The word speaks to every condition of our lives. It's not part of our lives. It's not sometimes. And if you are a witness in here that the word of God has spoke to some conditions of your life that folk have no idea about, I want you to give God some praise in this house because God spoke to your condition when nobody else can speak to your condition. It was the word that lifted you. It was the word that gave you strength. So, so we learn in this text that the Apostle Paul tells us or instructs us to build our life on the word. Secondly, we find in this text that the Apostle Paul instructs us to trust in the guarantee of the word. Trust in the guarantee of the word. Look, the, the text says it like this. Who has given us the spirit as a guarantee? Mm -hmm. Who has given us 
the spirit as a guarantee. Paul tells this broken church to trust in the guarantee of the word. God issues a word to us that God has given God's spirit as a guarantee that not only seals our salvation, All right. but also gives us confidence that we can walk by faith versus walking by sight. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. Because many of us, whether we join the church for wrong reasons, whether, whether we find ourselves trying to exist in life, we always want to see something in order to believe it. Oh, I wish I had a witness in here today. There's folk in here that said, I have to see myself healed in order to believe that I'm going to be healed. There's folk in here that, that at one point in their life didn't think they would be delivered from sin, delivered from depression, delivered from hardships, but look at you now. Oftentimes, you don't have to see your victory to know that the one who is victorious will give you victory. You don't have to see it all the time in order to walk by faith. Walking by faith, walking by faith says, I don't have to see it in order to believe it. But I'm just going to trust in the promises of God's word. I don't have to see the eloquent speech or hear the eloquent speech. I don't have to see your degrees. I don't have to see your human wisdom. I don't have to see your incredible gifts. I don't have to see the future. But all I need to do is trust that the Lord will work it out. And, and when the Lord works it out, I don't have to worry about my tomorrow. I don't have to worry about creating new procedures for the church. I don't have to ask various questions about how I'm going to overcome because the Lord sits high and reigns supreme. And I know I will overcome because God is still on the throne. I'm not dead yet and, I, and I'm not going anywhere because I know the Lord is on my side. And if the Lord is on your side, then you ought to know there's a guarantee of the word on your life that God will never leave nor forsake you and that he will be with you till the very end. I don't have to see it in order to believe it. Look, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 18, because we look not at what we what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. And so all I want to tell you today is that stop trying to look at temporary stuff just to make it another day. Stop trying to rely on temporary stuff in the church just to have an awesome worship experience with God. Choirs will go away. Musicians will go away. Ushers will go away. Pastors will go away. Teachers will go away. But God will never go away. And as 
long as you have God in the house, uh, you can worship and give the Lord some crazy praise. Uh, CC, as long as you have God in your life, uh, there's no demon in hell that can rise up against you. There's nobody that can treat you any old type of way. Uh, Amore, as long as God is in your life, uh, you have the power to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm telling you, Jada, that as long as you have God on your side, you can walk with strength and authority because Jesus is the king and he rules from the east to the west. I tell you, Courtney, that as long as God is on your side, regardless of bad days you think you have, the Lord will turn your frown upside down. Nathan, as long as God is on your side, he will give you strength day by day to be a wonderful young boy of God. I'm telling you, Lily, as long as God is on your side, you will have the strength to tell others about the goodness of the Lord. Charlize, as long as God is on your side, you ought to know that he will be with you too the very end. I want to talk to somebody in here that's ever had God on their side to give them strength day by day. If you had God on your side, then you will know I don't have to see it in order to make it, but I'm going to make it because I walk by faith and not by sight. Stand to your feet. The doors of the church are now open. And there might be one in here today that doesn't know Jesus from the free pardon of their sins. There might be somebody in here today that want to get to know the Lord for themselves. Look what Paul also shares with us when he says walk by faith and not by sight. Paul also says this, that every question will not be answered. Paul just says, to just trust God and submit your life to the word. That to be a part of God's body is not to be a people that has to see evidence of everything, but believe that the evidence is already there through the word. Paul wants us to build our life on the word. Paul wants us to just trust and believe in the guarantee that is sealed for us as believers of God. Paul says that there's going to be conflict, whether it's in your church, whether it's in your house, whether it's within you. Whatever the troubles or whatever things you are agonizing with, Paul says, look, stop worrying and just trust God. The only conflict that can ever be resolved is us as individuals to just trust the Lord and lead us in our daily walk. It's not that you have to make a decision to work it out yourself. Because I can speak for experience when I try to work it out by myself. It doesn't work out the way I want it to. But if there's somebody in here today that doesn't know Jesus, 
from the free pardon of your sins. You've never been baptized. I'm telling you today that all your questions don't have to be answered today. They will be answered in the journey together as we go through the word. Don't complicate believing in God because of grand wisdom or intellect or trying to figure it out. No, just trust. Just trust. Is there one in here today that has never been baptized and you want to join the body of Christ for the very first time? Will you come and will you come now? Because your soul's salvation is important. It's highly important. Your belief in Christ, your acceptance of the Lord is the difference of you spending eternity with Jesus and with your loved ones versus living eternity in damnation. I'm not trying to scare you, but I care too much about your soul for you to think that you can just live life uncommitted to God and think that after this life, everything will be all good. No, it won't. So as I pray for you in private, I still pray for you right now, hoping that you will commit your life to the Lord. Is there one in here today?